Hey everybody and welcome to the CNC Replay. I'm Noelle. And I'm Corey. And I think I've broken the record for different spots recording. Oh, for sure you have. This is what, spot number five? I think so. So I'm, I'm at the church and sorry for the delay. Uh, Labor Day weekend made things wonky. I had a buddy came into town so I couldn't... I had to write a sermon. I had to have a buddy come into town stay with me. So I needed all of that time and things get pushed away but we're only delayed by one day instead of a full week so that's good baby steps truly and as we've learned we just need two of the three podcast hosts to do a podcast so Mm -hmm. i would like to see what a solo podcast would do i feel like that'd be funny but (laughs) just yeah i don't know what that would look like i think it would be a lot easier for the two of you just because i don't tend to talk to myself all that like i talk to myself but i don't talk to myself you You know what i mean you saying i talk to myself a lot i can fully see you walking around the house by yourself talking to yourself Ooh, i've been i've been singing a moon by kanye by myself okay but singing and talking are two different things because i sing to myself all the time but like full-on blown conversations i don't do that i don't do that either you think i'm crazy or something I don't think you're crazy. I just think that that feels like something you would do. Uh, maybe not. Maybe not. Uh, okay. All but. right. Whatever. All right. You want to start? Yeah. Um, this is, I feel like September is always the weirdest month uh, for just sports in general because you have baseball season. Baseball is really the only thing that's in season and then everyone's kind of moving out of the preseason and into their, their full-fledged sports. So we have right. Tigers still you know, chipping away at this year, which uh, it, it seems week by week, they do things encouraging and then also not so encouraging, but this is what we're going to get for a team that's rebuilding, but also trending in the right direction. And then obviously we have the excitement of the Lions coming up. Uh, this will be the last week without football on a Sunday. Um, so we're pumped about that. They'll open the season against San Francisco. Um, Pistons slowly but surely, um, and they made a trade, which we'll talk about later in the show. And then, of course, the Red Wings getting started with a uh, I, I, probably one of the coolest uh, Michigan sporting traditions with mm-hmm. the prospect tournament, and then as well as Red Wings training camp in Traverse City. I, I don't, I don't really know of anything quite similar to it. I know that there's other prospect tournaments around the country, but like nothing as like secluded as like a resort town in middle of nowhere, Michigan. But I mean, Traverse City is in the middle of nowhere, but like it's a ski town. Like it's not. It's also Michigan is also kind of in the middle of nowhere. You know what I mean? Like it's not. It's not New York. It's not California. It's not right. Florida. It's not Texas even. Like right. It's. I wouldn't categorize it as a flyover state because I love this place, but I know a lot of people would. I, right. I, had, I had a conversation with a guy from Ohio, which instantly... The anything, armpit of America. Instantly anything you should throw, anything he says you should throw out the window. But he was trying to make the argument of the coasts are the coolest part of Michigan, which is true. Mm-hmm. He's not wrong. He's not wrong. But he also had the coasts include like Grand Rapids mm, and then also Metro Detroit, like Tro- where I'm incorrect. from. And I'm like... We're from. So, yes. Yeah. Well, I'm from Troy. You're from... For, you're more in... I'm it, still technically in Metro Detroit, but it, I am farther... Yeah, is it, it is. Is it considered? Ah, uh, man, I don't know, but... I, yes. I mean, I mean, I I know, but I... Sure. Whatever. Okay. We'll have no, this conversation that's, another that's, day. <laughs> th- that came out completely wrong. I, <laughs> I'm wrong. You are right. I was just... I was just unaware. But regardless of the point. Um, yeah, he was trying to say, like that the boring part of the state is in the middle 
Um, which, really, the boring part of the state is Lansing. I should tell you something. That's like, like okay, should, get a, get away from your little college bias, okay? <laughs> but <laughs> in terms of like things to do, there's not much. There's like no. It's beautiful in the middle of the state if you go like two hours, three hours north of Lansing. Yeah, like, like once you get past like you know to the up north part of Michigan. Yeah, which is a debate in and of itself. But like, yeah, it's like Lansing. I, I guess I've just driven through that area so many times that it's just like farm, and then you hit state and the capital, and then you hit farm again, and you're like, what am I doing here? Yeah. Yeah. So from it's, like cat, like uh, what is that, Lowell? <laughs> from like Lowell, Lowell. through uh, through Lansing to like the Howell area, it's yeah. just dead middle of nothing area. And if right. we're wrong, p- feel free to call us out because clearly neither of us know much about that area. But from our experience and the many countless trips that we've made to Grand Rapids to and from the Metro Detroit area, it's yeah. a, it's there's nothing there. That's fair. And I'll give him that. And, like, that's what I was saying. Like, if you want to talk about yeah. middle state, fine, sure, whatever. But he was saying coast are the coolest part, but he was also including, like, Detroit, Grand Rapids, all the big cities that are, like, have a side in those mm-hmm. coasts. And I'm like, so you're saying that only 10% of the state is cool because of the coast, like, but you're including another 50... Two-thirds of it, yeah. Yeah, two-thirds of the state. So really what you're saying is you don't know anything about Michigan, and <laughs> there's a ton of cool parts. So... What he was saying was wrong, and I was like, "That's not even yeah. 10%, that's that's like seventy percent of the state." What you're talking about, if that's the majority of the state, then must be a fairly cool place. We're nailing it, truly. So, shut your mouth, Ohio guy. Ohio guy. <laughs> Anyways, back to the. Do you want to talk about the prospect tournament now? Since we're like already talked about Michigan for the last five minutes. You know what? Sure, we'll talk about the prospect tournament, and then okay. we'll go we'll go into the Tigers. But yeah, so the Red Wings uh, continuing a tradition. Um, that was asked due to COVID, obviously. Um, but Red Wings prospect tournament, and it's it's to prelim training camp for the big guys. So this is all of like draft picks, um, certain prospects, free agent signings, yada yada, all that. So mm-hmm. they invite a certain amount of teams. I think in 2019, it was. I have the list. You want me? Oh, in 2019, go ahead. 2019, because uh, there's six teams this year, correct? Five. There's only five. Really? That's... Wow. Okay. On the official Red Wings Instagram post, there are five okay. listed. So it's Wings, Maple Leafs, uh, Stars, Blue Jackets, and Wild. No. Okay, the Wild aren't going to be there. Who's the who's Blues? The Blues. Okay, that makes sense. But in years past, I think there's as many as eight or ten. Yeah, typically, ten. I think. So this year's there's only uh, five uh, just due to COVID. COVID. It's co- kind of COVID, kind of not. What They want to see if it's still profitable or something. But... It's really cool because you get to go to like this remote-ish town of Traverse City that's known for, you know, their skiing winter, and ski- beaches and yeah. wine and. It's you know. a very touristy type of place, but now you get to go see like your favorite NHL team play in like your local rink, which is something that the NHL did with the um, Hockeyville like uh, program. You know, you know what I'm talking about. The Red Wings. Yeah, have up once. in. In the UP, or is that well? Is this that is everywhere. So every oh, it's yeah. a contest. Where, just yeah, yeah. No, you you got it. I mean, you know. Um, but it's a contest every year where cities across the Canada, the United States, enter in to get a complete like city uh, rink makeover, and then they get to host a preseason game in that new rink. Um, so it's essentially like that, but with just 
prospects and honestly it it's it's a really cool experience because you're watching these future Red Wings players the, when I was there I saw Giovanni Smith I think Zadina was playing uh, that was the year Capo Caco, or however you pronounce his last name, um, was drafted by the Rangers. So the Rangers were there. Um, so he was there. We got to see him play. Um, and just a bunch of uh, Alexander Tessier from Columbus, he was also there. So just like future stars of the game you get to see play in this very intimate setting. And it's 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 literally like watching a local like peewee team play, but except it's in Red Wings jerseys with players who will actually play in the NHL arena someday. So really cool, really just uh, unique experience because you're also sitting shoulder to shoulder with team executives. I remember I went with my brother-in-law, we went out to dinner um, and we saw the entire Minnesota Wild uh, front office at the same restaurant that we were at. And uh, like my brother-in-law is just a little bit older than me, so he has some of like the early 2000s like players in mind, and he's like, "Oh, that's Bill Guerin, GM." Like, oh man, he used to like beat people up for a living, like with the Wild. Um, so like, you brush shoulders with those people. Um, I think Babcock was there when we were there. I know your feelings about Babcock, but he was. We I sat right in front of him uh, during uh, during one of the Leafs games, um, and then I, it was really funny because Iserman and a bunch of like a bunch of the other guys were hidden but Dan Cleary was walking around and there was just a crowd of people by Dan Cleary like getting autographs and stuff. I saw Joe Valeno's parents. <laughs> like yeah, like he's just like he's just in like like undergarb or whatever um and he's just talking to mom and dad. And like that's like that's like, you know, you're at a hockey tournament and you go, you're in between games, you go talk to mom and dad, like, oh, you did great. Yeah, like, here's... that's what feels very, like, grassroots about this whole yeah. thing. It's just, like, I have a bunch, I'm watching a bunch of teenagers at a hockey tournament. I'm Absolutely. not watching, like, some of the potentially best players in the world. Well, you you always talk about, like, the humanity of, of, of players. Like, I mean, like, yes, these players are humans, but, like, that was, like, a moment where it's, like, this guy's just talking to his dad in mm -hmm. in a hockey rink, like where he, you know, so many hockey rinks across the country that he played, and he's just like getting tips. And now there's like Red Wings fans there, and like this is a future Red Wings like star, hopefully. And like it's just it, it's almost surreal, kind of, to like get that up close and personal. And it's not like people were crowding him for autographs. I mean, they'll crowd like the the, the big shots if Eisenman walked through the building, like he wouldn't be able to walk through because. Yeah, there's Steve. a reason they were hidden. <laughs> yeah, he's Steve Eisman, but like a guy like Valeno, like oh yeah, like we're gonna see these players here. Like yeah, a, a guy like the any Columbus prospect, oh we're gonna see these guys here. So like, and they're just we're just brushing shoulders with them. Like, like you could be in line with Joe Valeno when he gets a hot dog in between games or something like that. I, I mean, I don't I don't really know, but it, it's if you have a chance to go, um, absolutely go. It's ten dollars a day on <laughs> ad hashtag ad. Um, it's $10 a, a day. You get at least, at least this year, you get two games a day, one at like three and then one, two hours after or something like that. Um, and then you get to go to the town, go to the Traverse like, city is a fun place. Oh, good restaurants, beautiful area. Like if you want to do hiking, there's a ton of that, 100%. you know, 
yeah, it's a good place. But I don't know why we're doing like a whole promo ad for this. But like, I mean, it's just it's it, a fun thing. Do it. That's a. I mean, I mean, we're Detroit area sports, and this is this is a way to get closer to those to those players. Yeah. Like, you... especially for West Siders, because it's I know it's the two hour drives hard, and like mm-hmm. Traverse is, it Traverse is probably I think it's two and a half three hours up, but yeah. it's still closer and easier access and not going to little caesars and being among the 10,000 people that are there or whatever Mm -hmm. and it's i would almost say that every every league kind of has something like this i mean minor league or spring training baseball is the most profitable uh preseason i would think football doesn't have anything like training camp is like eh, but it's just like drills and stuff Mm -hmm. um but like this prospect tournament is something that's pretty cool because it's so intimately small and mm-hmm. and secluded from the rest of of the country and uh michigan does it right so i would be i'd be very disappointed if something like this got discontinued so and but i think that there is a lot of value to it um which is why you've seen teams like toronto there i mean that toronto's the biggest hockey market on the planet mm-hmm. and, you know and they're still coming to traverse city michigan to play in this prospect tournament with hosted by the Detroit Red Wings every year. So cool little experience. Noel, you need to go. I know. I know. <laughs> Make the trip up, grab somebody. I'll be there. It'll be a lot of fun. I'm going to be with my with my brother-in-law, my dad, and one of our uncles. So yeah. cool. I'll cool grab time. my cousin. Maybe he can go. See if I can get the day off. Yeah. Um but for actual Red Wings news, we signed uh what was it? Michael Conway? Is that his name? I truly couldn't I couldn't tell you. I have that, no idea. That might I... even, that might not even be his name at all. Um, <laughs> let me let me go back to the Red Wings Instagram page because that's where I get all my all my news. Yeah. Um, let me see. Carter Rowney. Con- yeah, Michael Conway. <laughs> Carter Rowney. Isn't I... Michael Conway? Isn't Conway he's like, the yeah, yeah, Mighty, Mighty Duck Ducks? Guy? Okay. Yeah, Mighty Ducks. That's who I was thinking. Yikes, Corey. <laughs> so, Carter Rowney. Um, mm-hmm. I, I said this to Noelle because she she sent me the the signing uh is obviously the replacement for luke glendening and darren helm which nobody can replace yes. those two well you okay could hold on helm. you said you know because i you did not say it's the replacement for luke and, and helmer or because that's what i said and then you said no it can replace them let's yeah. get that that real uh, real clear is that's i, that's I was like this is a depth fill <laughs> I, but I mean that's still a fact. That's what it was for, and I was just, correct. Yeah, I was just in my state of denial as far as grief goes. Yes. yes. So, um, but yeah, he's just what right-handed shot. I think under nine hundred or under nine hundred thousand dollars. I think is I think his contract. Yeah, I don't was a one think year. it was. I would have. I feel like there would have been more news if it was anything above a million. Honestly. Oh no. Because no. people would have been like flipping out. But the standard is like. 850,000, but I think he got even less than that. Mm, yeah, let me and just it's see a one if I can way. find. It's not saying. It doesn't like me. Yeah, I don't know. It's not giving me. The articles that I'm pulling up aren't pulling anything, but if I go to Twitter and look up another podcaster, no free ads. <sighs> Let's no see if they ads. retweeted anything. Except for the Red Wings Prospect Tournament. That's the yeah, well, that's different. That's not like a third party, third party thing. Uh, nope. I got nothing. Nobody knows what he was signed for. It seems. <laughs> okay, I think I remember seeing something for under eight hundred or for under eight fifty. 
Okay. I so, believe you. Like, you you could tell me any number under a million, and I'd be like, yep, that sounds right. Okay. But regardless if we like it or not, he's the replacement for Glenn Denning on that fourth line, which got me thinking, are they going to move that uh, Stevens character up? Or are they just going to – I mean, I'm assuming they have to have somebody, like, who can be healthy scratch territory and who can fill into your bottom your bottom three. So I'm assuming right. that it's that guy. Um, but also – we have to remember Nielsen was bought out, so we have not a hole, but an, another roster spot to fill, which you would think a guy like Valeno would come in there and take the spot as a young guy, or Rasmussen would come in at, at center. So absolutely a depth, a depth signing. Um, but from everything that I've heard and also looking on like other like hockey teams' reddits and just like fan discourse, uh, that Stevens – guy who's the fourth fourth line center before he got hurt this past year everybody loved him and oh that's good to know the fact that the red wings got him for a sixth round pick was or maybe it might even have been a seventh i don't really know um makes me think that steve likes him as well but he'll also get some sort of i don't want to say significant but he'll get decent playing time i would assume in the the top of the bottom six. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? Um, yeah. So, so the third line-ish. Yeah. Um, so, what's, what's, Rowney? That's his name? Yeah. Rowney. Yeah. No, but <laughs> I... so bad. <laughs> I, it's, it's terrible, but I do remember him playing, and he's definitely, like, a greaser, like, like, gritty type, type center who can mm-hmm. go down there and ruffle some Get in the dirty corners. Get as... in the dirty corners. Mickey would like to say. So literally, this is the lowest risk, lowest reward type of signing. Yeah, so, like, he's he, also the, good in the in on power play. So like, even better. We need that. Like uh, whoever posted his little his little stats card, mm-hmm. uh, whoever does those, and it was like ninety one percent in the no free ads. I truly I couldn't remember their name. If no, he was a person, I would give him an ad because he deserves it. But um, yeah, he was like ninety one percent positive in the power play field and i was like very good i'll take it i'll take that because lord knows we need it yeah that's this is a signing that nobody can get mad at like if he sucks he's gone fine like like, it was a six round pick which you know no 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 i'm talking i'm talking about rowney oh my bad yeah no and i i no i actually have higher hopes for stevens so but that's beside the point we'll get to see him in the preseason a lot i'm sure and then we'll get to see sure um, but yeah, that's Red Wings news. Um, so keep your eye out for the prospect. Did we tournament. talk about the Olympics at all? Do we want to talk about oh, the Olympics at all? Because yes. that's a pretty big deal. Yes, I forgot. That got lost in the shuffle. Thank yeah. goodness the NHL is letting the players play. So it has been how many years? It, well, only one Olympics. One Olympics. So that's eight years. Now. Yeah. Eight years with no NHL players in the Olympics. And now there will be. So they will be taking the three-week or whatever break in February to let the players go to uh, China. Is it in China? Is it Japan? It's Japan. No, it's... I can't. Where is it? I thought... I think it's in Beijing. Is it in Beijing? Okay, never mind. It's in Beijing. I can't remember. Um, I'd really like to see what they're going to do with COVID stuff. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure it's just going to be very similar to what happens with the Olymp- like the regular Olympics. Like, 
I don't know. I mean, um, we're we are a political free podcast. I, I but I I feel like vaccines are out. I mean, look at all the vaccine mandates that we have for teams and stuff. Get some fans there, please. That's all I'm going to say. Get, yeah. Like, have some people be able to watch these games in person. Come on. Fair. No, that's fair. But the uh, I um, have seen some stuff about what rosters could look like. We're pretty sure that um, Larkin is going to make the U.S. Team USA. He should. He um, should. Somebody oh, but, had him on. But, but he's he's at best a third-line center. He's not good at nothing. Shut up. He's going to be on the U.S. Olympic team, and that team is stacked. <laughs> Johnny Goudreau is currently slotted at the fourth line. Yeah, so I know. shut your mouth. The Tuchuk brothers are on there. Who else is on there? Wierenski, Jones. Velsky. But, yeah, and then... Um, John Carlson, so the, I think. Yeah, Carlson. So our defense, I think our defense is more stacked than our offense at yeah. this point, um, just based on, like, projections that I've seen. Um, Canada's and, but offense then you, is unstoppable. That is correct. We're that I think that's going to be a really fun matchup because we are in Group A with um with Canada, and I think China is in Group A with us. So like those poor people, um, tough. It's gonna it's that's gonna be a blowout. That's not gonna be fun for them. Um, yeah, but like Hirona, Hironic and Zadina and Verana are probably going to be on Team um, Czech Republic, baby. Czech Republic, thank you. Uh, so that'll be fun to watch. Cider is going to be on team is probably going to be on team in Germany. Maybe going to be on team Germany. You know, he should be on team Germany because he's who he is as a human being, and he's just phenomenal. Um, I don't know what team Sweden's going to look like. That's going to be a little bit because obviously we have so many more NHL players to pull from that I don't know if there are going to be any Red Wings on that team, but. No, there won't. Not. Yeah. I mean, unless Raymond makes strides, but I think that. Yeah, I don't be, think so. I think that'd be way too soon. But Nemestikov may be on Team Russia. I, I've I've seen him slotted as the third. Yeah. Okay. So you know there'll be a lot of Red Wings to watch in the Olympics this year, which will be fun. Thank goodness. God bless. And that's only in a couple months. I think that's five months away, six months away. I am. Which pumped. is that is by far the really fun. best Olympic sport, hockey. Anyone who says anything otherwise, I'm sorry. I know mm, we could debate about that for a minute, but uh, that's okay. I will not, because it <laughs> it literally means some some of these European players like value a gold medal in the Olympics more over than Stanley the Stanley Cup. Cup. I know, yeah. I'm aware. I'm, I'm, we can't get into this because we we can't. We'll be on this forever. We'll we've already done forever. 20 minutes on the Red Wings, and they're not even in season at the moment. Yeah. So let's let's go to the team that is in season. Let's go with the okay. Tigers. Um, so uh, we're going to a lot of like back and forth. It, it's September for a team that's not going to be in the playoffs. So you're, you're just really seeing how everybody develops. And it, 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 it's very evident that this team goes through streaks and the worst it, you, you kind of scratch your head a little bit, or at least wonder what could have happened if the Tigers did not go on this massive losing streak at the beginning of the year. I think after the first month of the season or the first, maybe even the first two months, they had nine wins. Yeah, I mean that's I'm, that's approaching like 2003 Tigers level of ineptitude. But obviously they turned it around and had 
really great performances from a lot of guys that you didn't think you were going to get. Um, we've talked about the development of Mize and Scooball, and we've talked about unsung heroes like Willie Peralta. He's fallen off a bit recently, and then the resurgence of Michael Fulmer, and Gregory Soto has been great. Cisnero has been great. Kyle Funkhauser has been great. And you have, like we've said, the makings of a team that's heading in the right direction for um, a rebuild. Um, but now, as we're playing, I think the Tigers have the fourth or fifth toughest remaining schedule left in the major leagues. Of course. I, I, Valley Sports did a graphic like that. And you can get really excited about that and also really um, discouraged because <laughs> this is how it seems like it's going. So the Tigers go into Cincinnati, a team that's fighting for a playoff spot and currently had a playoff spot in their grasp when the Tigers came into town. Tigers beat that team two games out of three, and that is a great offense. That's probably one of the best offenses in the National League, and they got shut down by Detroit Tigers pitching. Fun. Fun. Like, I, I, I don't... Love that for us. Love that for us, but if you're the Reds, and shout out Nick Castellanos, you got to be able to hit these guys and you didn't that's I feel like that's a little bit more embarrassing for the Reds um, than it is as impressive for the Tigers but still how can you not feel good about the Tigers going into that having nothing to lose and then going out and winning a series against a team that has everything to lose like right I've said this in the past this was the that was the type of thing that would happen to the Tigers when they were fighting for a playoff spot they would play the, the Royals who were in dead last and then they would somehow lose two games and a three game set at home and it was just infuriating. But now the roles are flipped. And I feel like it's almost better to be that team first than all of a sudden have this great uh, have this great trajectory and uh, be a team that's on the cusp of the playoffs, but then not being able to go to the next level and not being able to beat teams that you should beat. Um, so I like that. What I don't like is after you have that series, when you go and play the worst team in the National League on the road, and then you drop the first two games with yes. your two young pitchers that are probably the best pitchers on your staff. Right. Now, they're limiting their innings now. I think Mize and Scooball went six combined innings, not because they got into trouble, not because they pitched poorly, but because, like, hey, we're protecting the arm, which I understand. I get. But... I guess the point I'm trying to make here, at some point we got to get some consistency. And y you would hope that that would come at the tail end. Like, So you're, you're playing for pride in September because you don't really have anything else to play for other mm -hmm. than you know play spoiler. And you did that with Cincinnati. But also don't make it seem like a fluke immediately after. Because <laughs> Pittsburgh is a disaster of a franchise. Like their front office is terrible. Um, they have some nice young players, but, I mean, they can't develop a starting pitcher to save their life. And they just lost two games to that team. That's way inept. Like, like imagine the Tigers losing to the Tigers from two years ago. That's, that's, where, that's where the Pirates are, essentially. Ooh, that's a problem. Like, a team that, like, cannot figure out how to hit a baseball is, is like that. So I, I think the goal, I said my goal is for the, for the end of the season is the Tigers to finish 500. I don't think they're going to do that. The schedule's just too hard, either. and they're just too inconsistent. Um, so at the very least, go for some consistency. Like, let's rattle off 
a couple of series wins here. Um, maybe maybe sweep a team that we should take care of. Um, you know, win a series in win a series against a team that you know is pretty competitive, and then only lose two games in a three-game set against a team that should beat you. Like, let's. Mm-hmm. I want to go for that. Like, let's. Like, I, I don't want, you know, people say that uh, progress is like, it looks different. You know, like, it's like a chart. You know what yes. I mean? Progress is not linear. Is that yes. the phrase you're looking yes. for? Yes, that's what I'm looking for. Why can't I think right now? Um, you're good. Progress is not linear. I kind of want to see a little bit of like a, a like a staircase progress here, at least with this team right now. Because um, you're going to have, you're going to have this roster for the rest of the year. And I, I'm envisioning that this roster is going to look fairly close to dramatically different because you're going to have, you're going to bring in a free agent or two that's going to facelift this franchise. And then some of the guys like Arreus or maybe even a Derek Hill, which I don't really like um, would, would be not, not Derek Hill. I don't like, but I don't like that Derek Hill wouldn't be getting as much playing time. Um, They'll get less playing time. They'll be coming off the bench, um, which is a good thing. And then you'll see the progress that way. But you have this roster, so let's see what they can. How much can you stretch out of this roster for the end of the year? And let's see if we can be a consistently good baseball team throughout the rest of the year. I don't want to have a losing month. We've had, I think, a winning month uh, every month since the All Star break, or before the All Star break, I think, too. One month mm-hmm. before, and then every month after, we've had a winning month. Keep that going. I want to see that. And this is going to be your toughest month to do it, but I think they can do it. May not finish 500, but you can finish the year with four, five months with a winning record. That's impressive, in my right. opinion. Also, yep. one thing I need to talk about: Jamer Candelario leads all of baseball in doubles. All of baseball. All of baseball. He's okay. Got, I think he's got 40 something. Nobody's talking about this guy. And he's 27. I, the Tigers should definitely extend him. He's he doesn't hit for power much, but he finds the gaps and he makes the most. Of it. He's that's probably the quietest, like I the quietest campaign that I've seen from a player in a while. Because everybody mm-hmm. talks about like the big stars, the Tatis, the Marcus Simeon's having a great year. He's currently second um, in the league with. Uh, right behind Condelario, but Condelario <laughs> leads all of baseball in doubles, and this is a guy that's getting zero recognition for it. So... Classic. Classic, but also a guy that you need to have a part of your future. Mm-hmm. So if no one else can see it, then A, that might help with the, the right. dollar amount. Right. You don't want to take advantage of guys, but that's a guy that you can rely on. It's like, hey, this guy's going to get us 50 doubles a year. And those are going to be, with a better roster, those are going to be, you know, pretty big doubles, you know, scores mm-hmm. some runs and, you know, in pretty big situations. So incredibly happy for Condelario. He's a super down-to-earth guy. I've heard him in interviews. Um, just good guy, having a great season, and I hope that he can continue that trend. But um, I want to see on the back of his baseball card, next year the diamond with the highlighted doubles said oh kind of led all of baseball in doubles in 2021 and it's like there's not a better hitter who can hit doubles right now that's a fact 
We'll take it. We'll take it. We'll take it. Um, but yeah, you got anything on, on our baseball cats? No, nothing on the baseball cats. Okay. Well, then we can go to the Pistons. Let's um, go to the Pistons. And then we'll end with, we'll end with our boys in blue. Um, but so remember when we talked about last week, like how the NBA is fairly manipulative? Yes. Yes, we did. Just with like free agency and like guys getting traded places and getting bought out and do that exact same thing happened <laughs> to the Detroit Pistons where we got DeAndre Jordan Yay. for Seku, Deamba, yep. and then who else? We traded somebody else. I can't uh, remember. Uh, Jahil Okafor. Oh, yeah. Okafor. Uh, and he he's now going back to the Nets. Um, so that's pretty cool for him. Yeah. For four seconds, cash. Yeah. And DeAndre Jordan. And then <laughs> we proceeded. The cash part was funny. We proceeded to buy out DeAndre Jordan, who then, lo and behold, goes and signs with the Lakers for some, like, $3 million or something like that. This is the part of the NBA I can't stand. Yes, the Pistons got four draft picks, but also, like, it just seems like they're doing, like, everybody else's laundry. And this is what these, this is what the the have-nots do in the NBA. And you talk about tampering, you talk about all this stuff, like, like it's it, it was almost common knowledge with everybody that when he got traded to the Pistons that he wasn't going to play for the Pistons. Like, what... How many trades happen like that in any other professional sports league? Right. I mean, there's, I mean, you trade contracts in the NHL for guys who are on injured reserve and can't play, and you just like, whatever. So I think the Red Wings traded Dotsuk's contract a while back to Arizona because the retirement thing, and it was on the books. But we got Kyle Brodziak a couple of years ago in the Gagne deal, and he'd never played a game, never suited up for us, and we just took his contract as a hit. This is a guy, we took his contract so we could buy him out so he could go play for another team. Yep. And everybody knew he wasn't going to play for the Pistons. He knew he was going to play for the Pistons. And, like, oh, he's going to go for the play for the Lakers. And then, oh, boom, he goes and plays for the Lakers. I don't really know how to articulate this. I just don't like that. I don't like that at all. Like, because now it's like you have all these, like, good slash superstar players that are, look at Ben Simmons right now. Philadelphia has treated him pretty poorly, but he's like, I'm not playing for Philly. I'm not going to Philly ever again. You guys got to trade me. And somehow they're going to trade him, and they're going to get some sort of a package back. And he just pouted and said, I'm not going to play for you anymore. And now he's going to get to go play for, I don't know, Portland or who? I don't even – I haven't been paying close attention to it. But I just – I don't like it. And I don't know how to articulate it. I don't know – how to compare it to something else, but it's incredibly, incredibly unique to the NBA where these guys can just say they don't want to play for somebody, say that they're going to go play for this team, and then it happens consistently. I think it's... uh, Yeah, putting that into words is like... It's hard. I think it's just like it's the manipulation aspect that you're you're tired of and that that both of us don't enjoy um it's it feels like <laughs> you know those those reels that's like what are, what's something that's not illegal but feels like it is like that should be it that's what is like right like it's because they're taking care, right? Like you said, taking care of other people's dirty laundry, and then not getting the short end of the stick per se, because again, for you know, four second round draft picks, but at the same time, still 
feeling like somehow Detroit lost in all of this. I don't know. I don't know. It's a difficult, like... To be completely honest, I didn't understand the trade a whole lot. I know the Pistons front office did not like Seku for whatever reason, whether he had an attitude or whatnot, so they shipped him out to the Nets. But Seku's still a raw prospect, and I think when he's got more talent around him, he's going to play pretty well for that Nets team on a cheap deal. And then Jalil Okafor has been bouncing around the league forever. So we did get good return, I guess. We And I think the cash that we got from the Nets helped with the buyout, which, okay, I guess that evens out, so you buy them out. You don't have to really pay a whole lot. Um, and I'm pretty confident that the Pistons can do something with those second-round picks because they've done that already. I mean, look at Saban Lee. He's not a... He's not even, like, a great player by any means. Maybe not even a good player, but it was a second-round pick that played this year for the Pistons, regardless of... That's very rare. Um, and you look at a guy like Sadiq Bey, which is super funny. He now is the longest-tenured Piston and has played the most games as a Piston, mm-hmm. which is hilarious. Because um, he's only been on the team for, what? A year. Uh, yeah, I was going to say. Like, yeah. under a year, max a year and a half. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's funny, but... Yeah, I just, yeah, it, it just feels, it feels wrong, it feels legal, but that's just the, that's just the the nature of the NBA right now. That's how it's, that's how deals are done. And now DeAndre yeah. Jordan's probably going to go win a ring with the Lakers this year. Because, I mean, that, that roster is stupid. I mean, they're all <laughs> old, but, like, these are all former NBA All-Stars and some former All-NBA uh, team like or players on their roster, so I, uh, it it's just it's stupid. It's stupid. How I hate it. I mean, you can easily get past that by getting a better team, and I think we're trying to build a better team, getting the players that you know fit the system and you know fit well with Jeremy Grant, and then we have Cade Cunningham. So now we're going to potentially have a superstar on our hands, and so we can get to that competitive level and maybe superstars who are old that get bought out will come to the Pistons and sign. And then my opinion will totally change after that. But <laughs> until now, like, it's just, it, I feel like there should be something done about it, but I, and, and, but it's hard to articulate. So you can't make a rule about it. Right. Exactly. So weird stuff. Tough situation all around. Mm-hmm. All right. Lions. Lions, Lions, are you ready for some NFL football? So I fun- am tempering expectations. Right. So I I thought it was really funny. You know, I've been talking with people about just the just how the Lions are. So remember that Monday night football game a couple years ago against the Jets? Darnold was a rookie. He's a rookie quarterback. He gets picked off in his first pass, pick six, go to the house, and everyone's like, Lions are going to the Super Bowl! And then Darnell proceeds to have, like, a masterful game. A and, game, yeah. Like, the literally the best game of his career was his first start because it was against the Lions. So I was, this creeping suspicion in the back of my head was like, San Francisco's going to start their rookie quarterback, Trey Lance, and he's going to have a legendary performance. The Lions, week one this past year, Mitchell Trubisky was like NFL player of the week. Mitchell Trubisky is not a good quarterback. <laughs> and he like threw for four touchdowns against the line. It, 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 
I'm almost like I almost want to call San Francisco up and be like, hey, if you want to win this game, just start your rookie quarterback. He's going to have a excuse me a career game, the time of his life. Yeah, the time of his life. Um, so I was thinking that in the back of my head, but they're not. They're starting Garoppolo. Um, so Lions will probably lose. Doesn't doesn't really matter. But um, I I want to talk about Goff for a second, and I kind of somewhat ripped him last week. Not really, not really seriously, but just a little bit of him like taking the AJ Hinch approach and like this super tough mental like like oh if we're gonna if you don't join us we're gonna beat you mentality and how it was like you can't say that because you have nothing to back it up with. Um, he said something this week and all of the media is like everyone thinks you're gonna suck, like you're gonna be really bad this year. What do you think about that? And he's like. I don't want to like say like any like bad language on the mic, but we don't care in this locker room. Like we know everyone's, we know what everyone thinks of us. We don't care. We're just going to go out and play. I feel Which I appreciate. I appreciate I, that. I feel much better with that than saying like, oh, why can't we be the team that made the play? You have to show me something first, right? Show me that. <laughs> you can be the team that missed the playoffs last year that can make the playoffs this year. Words mean nothing. Lions fans have heard words from players, coaches. I mean, Dan Campbell biting people's kneecaps off. I mean, like, we get energized by it. But at the end of the day, once it, once we get, you know, get to the field, we need to see some results. <laughs> we, need, we need to have the Tigers uh, refreshing um, – uh, progress like the, we are getting behind the Tigers slowly now because we've seen oh man this team is playing differently we can't really explain it they're playing tough they're beating teams that they shouldn't be and they're showing progress we need to see that from the Lions before they can say why not us why can't we do it mm -hmm. and I think even that starts with the communication and how you start that so I think and I use this term perfectly lightly i think that was a perfect response to that question everyone thinks you're going to stink everyone thinks you're going to suck be one of the worst teams in the nfl what do you think about that we don't care we're just going to go out there and play which is what you want from a team who has had the entire football world laughing at them including their own fans for the last mm -hmm. again 60 60 years more than yeah. that like you're hoping that they don't let that get to them yeah at the end of the day and hopefully it doesn't, and hopefully they do, like, look, we know they're not going to win games, mm -hmm. but hopefully the attitude stays through the whole season. And, and maybe that explains some of, like, the, the roster decisions they made. Because we talked last week about Perriman and then Jelani Tavai. Are those guys that didn't buy into that, we don't care, we're just going to go out and play? Because Perriman was probably thinking, I don't want to put words in his mouth or in his head, was like, I'm going to go to the Lions, I'm going to be the guy, I'm not going to try that hard, and then I'll get a contract out of here lately. And maybe that seeped into camp, and like it was like, this guy's not impressive at all, we're going to cut him. And then Tavai just simply wasn't getting it done. Like I think he was just bad. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah. I, yeah, I just, who knows? I just, I just think of it that way. So if we have, again, guys who maybe aren't talented but are hungry, and like saying, you know, we don't care, we're going to go out and play, I'd take that over a guy who has more talent that doesn't want to try. And I think, yeah, I think some of those roster decisions, and mixed in with a comment like that, that's the mentality that this team is going for. So, 
And like I said last week, if we get a four and whatever team this year, but we're losing games by a touchdown or a field goal, I'd be happy with that. I would say that that would be a somewhat successful, not successful. That's so, I mean, expectations are so low. So low. And that, that's why it's so funny. But I would say, I would be encouraged. Because I'm, I'm expecting them to only win four games. But if they win five and they lose the majority of their games by a score, I'm encouraged. Mm-hmm. And then I'll say, maybe there is some progress going on here. Maybe we can get more talent and get more talented players on this team with that same mentality. And then maybe we can make the progress that, shockingly, we're now comparing to the Tigers. <laughs> <laughs> right. So... Those are my two cents. I'm really excited for Sunday. It'll be my first uh, Lions opener, not in Michigan. Um, so I'll have to figure out a way to watch the game. But um, fingers crossed. That'll be fun. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. All right. I got uh, something that I haven't done in a minute. Um, I have uh, a media moment because it's not a book, so I can't call it my reading nook. So I'm calling it a media moment because it's a movie recommendation. Um Netflix has been doing is it I think it's Netflix has been doing a series called Untold um where they just break down untold sports stories and the one that was released recently was about a UHL team um called the Danbury Trashers mm-hmm. uh and the reason that this is interesting is because the owner of of the team is a is connected to the mob um, he basically ran the mob, the Italian mob in Danbury, um, wow. in Danbury, Connecticut. He bought this team for his 17 year old son to GM and be the president of, which is, um, you know, that is a choice. That is a thing. Um, so basically I'm not going to like tell you the whole story cause I want you to go like watch it, but basically while this 17-year-old is running this team and building basically a WWE version of the Mighty Ducks, that's literally the analogy and the aesthetic he was going for, um, he did it. While he's doing this, his dad is funneling and laundering money uh, through the team and through his, his trash uh, collecting empire, because that's what, that's what he did. Um, and so juxtaposed with this story about this team that's literally breaking people... Uh, is the FBI going undercover to hockey games uh, and doing like stakeouts at these at these games to like get all the information on these what on a the great undercover job, right? Truly, uh, so all of this is happening. It was an hour and forty minutes ish of of time, and the the people in it are like characters. Like the first thing that it, we opened up on was a bunch of interviews with. Uh, players and assistant coaches and equipment managers and that kind of stuff all talking about how uh jimmy galante who is dad bought the team was terrifying like he walked into a room and you were crapping your pants like that every single one of them said that and you're just like what <laughs> okay cool um s- some highlights uh this mob family this family that he was a part of may have been the inspiration for the sopranos tv show um, if you've seen that show, very wide, it's widely popular. Uh, lots of people love it. Also a terrifying concept to think about. Um, 
Jimmy Gallant, by all accounts, was a really great dad. Like, you see the home videos of him, and he's, like, on the floor playing with his with his kids, like, trucks and cars and, like, never missed a game, like, all this stuff. Like, really supportive dad. I guess that tracks. Um, otherwise, terrifying human being. Somebody uh, equated him to uh, the opening scene of Star Wars 4 when Darth Vader walks into the hall on that on the ship at the beginning of A New Hope. The You're image like, of intimidation. Right, exactly. Like, that's when you think, like, how do I really want to, like, intimidate people if that's what you think of um yeah so you just you have the fbi running around you have the mob running around um his son aj called the equipment manager a crazy person so if that gives you any indication is like you are the son of a mob boss and you're calling another human being a crazy person that's a key indication that that man has mental issues and uh true to form he was the only equipment manager i think in hockey history to be ejected from the game based on his actions not on something he did wrong with the equipment oh hmm. yeah yep and i'll let you find that out in the movie you can watch that and just see what happened because it's it's a story i'm gonna have to watch that i've been watching a lot more tv lately. yeah um but anyways i really enjoyed that i like the the crime side um i don't like like crime true crime documentaries but when it's connected to to sports and stuff i think it's really interesting how that works and and the psychology of um specifically like the psychology of of uh being in a gang and being a part of a mob like i would love to read a book on that because yeah the the loyalty above anything else mentality is so wild to me because i consider myself like a really loyal person Mm -hmm. uh but there are lines i won't cross you know i just won't sure so I think it would be really interesting to read like a psychological book about what makes these people the way that they are. And yeah, I would give it, I would, I think I'd give it a 7.5 out of 10 to an eight. Uh, pacing was a little rough in, in certain areas. Um, but overall, very interesting story. So that has been your media minute. Go watch. Uh, it's called untold crime and penalties. Nice. That's awesome. Yes. Well, I All think right. this is the fastest we've ever done it. This is the I fastest know. hour. Well, you have somewhere to be. I'm sick. You know, yeah. we had a bunch of things pushing us. All righty. We Thank are you dedicated all. to this podcast. I just we want you all so to. We are so dedicated. We're a day late, but we're dedicated. Yeah. Uh, thank you all so much for listening. We are so happy that you could be here. If you could rate us five stars wherever you are listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Play, we would really appreciate that. Also, feel free to download and subscribe. Um, you can also follow us on our social media handles at CNC Sports Pod on both Instagram and Twitter. Um, we have a email. Feel free to reach out to us and give us your opinions or yell, us, yell at us about ours. Um, we both have personal Instagram and Twitter accounts. If you want to follow those, you can find us tagged in the podcast uh, bios. But otherwise, have a great rest of your week, and we will see you next week. Deuces wild, people. Hey, everybody. This is Noelle. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the CNC Replay. Please subscribe and rate us five stars as it really helps us out. And give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter at CNC Sports Pod. We'll see you next week.